Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett, internationally recognized branding consultant and best-selling author of the books, Move the Ball and Dominate the Game. By having a relentless mentality, I've pushed boundaries and gotten into rooms with pro athletes and power players, built a successful business, and moved the ball in male-dominated industries. Now, I'm using my same of the ball methodology to help thousands of people dominate their game when it comes to their brands and creating opportunities. This podcast is all about uncovering strategies of the world's best athletes and business leaders to help you get to that next level. Join me in conversations that will elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey there. Thanks for joining me today. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. Real quickly, if you haven't already done so, be sure that you follow the podcast so that you never miss an episode. You're about to hear my conversation with Jimmy Bell, who is a retired NFL player, and he currently is an empowerment coach and speaker. On this episode, we emphasize the importance of discovering your identity and how that matters to being able to really move the ball. You'll find that Jimmy has great energy and awesome insights to share with you today. Are you ready? All right, listen in. Hey, Jimmy, I am so glad to have you here inside the huddle with us today. How are you doing? What's up? I am doing incredible and fantastic. I make it that way. Well, I am so glad to have you here. I've been really looking forward to our chat. I got to see you during Super Bowl weekend while we were hanging out on Radio Row. And you're just one of those guys who... It's just full of such positive energy and you just have such great perspectives on life. I mean, you're the type of guy that no matter what life throws at you, I know you're going to find the positives and the joys in it and then just roll with it. And so I'm just really excited to have you share your wisdom and your perspectives on the show today. And so let's start there. I mean, you do a lot of empowerment coaching and you're a speaker and stuff, but like, where did this positivity come from? Were you just born with it or where did you get it from? (laughs) Like when I just bored with it. First of all, Jen, thank you for having me. And the intro was uh, extremely dope. I'm always excited when my direct deposits to people to say nice and positive things about me pay off. So I'm happy that my payments to you are working. No, I'm teasing. (laughs) No, you know, I think I had a pretty positive family. I think I was one of those black sheeps. You know, my dad's an old school farm boy from the south of Montgomery, Alabama. Actually, we only say Montgomery because the town he's from is so doggone small. And my mom is, and so he came up north to work in the in the steel plants of Youngstown, Ohio. And my mom's a retired detective sergeant from the Youngstown Police Department. She's also an educator, right? She's very educated, you know, started off a librarian, a teacher, few degrees. At the minimum, I found my personality place at a young age and probably engaged in that thing pretty early. Well, I love it. And I just think that you've got such great positive energy and your messages are authentic and genuine. And so I was really excited when you said, hey, let's do the show and let's share that with this audience. So let's talk about your NFL journey and being a professional athlete for a while. My listeners know that this whole Move the Ball movement kicked off with me writing a book called Move the Ball. In that book, I talk about a lot of principles that I learned from the game of football, being a student of the game since I was four, and things that I picked up on that I knew would translate beyond football to be successful in 
anything you did in life, whether it's business related, career or life. When you looked at being a competitive athlete outside of the hard work, that work ethic, that discipline, what are other things that you took away from the game that you felt have helped you to be successful, not only on the field, but off the field as well? One of the things, babe, is, is identity. I think football, especially at the collegiate level, well, also at the professional level, it puts you through a process that if you're paying attention now, (laughs) it allows you to engage with your true identity, especially like a football. Football is a little different from a lot of different sports when it comes to, I think, socially and personal development wise, because it's a gift and a curse. It shows you the ultimate truth about yourself, the good stuff, and it shows you the bad stuff. (laughs) And you can't run away from it. Every single day in football is going to give you an indicator and and a really truth perspective of who you really are and who you could be. And it's an important thing, whether you've played football or not, I mean, just knowing who you are and having that identity, discovering it, that is a big part of the battle of being successful in life is knowing that identity, that purpose, who you are, the value that you're looking to bring into society, and then what it is you want to do with all of that. Money gets me access. Money gets me other things. Money helps me help people. Money, you see what I'm saying? Relationships the same way. But fulfillment? Woo! If I operate in my identity, it's going to create a fulfillment, not just in me, but in everybody else that I engage with. I'm successful and I'm fulfilled, which means other people are benefiting also from the fullness of my identity. Did that make sense? It does. Yeah. And I love it because it's not just about the getting that milestone or that success or that stuff or that outcome. It's really about the entire journey and making sure that your journey is in congruence with your identity and your purpose. And you will find fulfillment along the way to achieving that thing as well. It's not just about the thing. It's about the journey and the process and everything else that goes towards achieving that goal, objective, getting that thing that you want, whatever it is. But I really like how you emphasize the identity piece because too often people get caught up in getting to the destination and achieving the thing, getting the stuff that they want versus enjoying the process, connecting with the process. We hear people talk about trusting the process, which is important, but part of that trusting is the connection and the fulfillment that goes along with the journey. It's not just about the outcomes. 100%. And again, I think that's affecting people. It's actually driving people crazy. And it would. If you think about the psychology and the physiology of humans, it is going to drive you crazy, especially when someone told me that if I get here, if I drive this, if I live here, if I do this, if I look like this, then I'm going to be happy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then you're like, uh, why am I not happy? Someone's going to pay. Right. right? And, and that's what happens where, where people are looking for this feeling instead of it, it, you can't even accept who you are, what you are, if you don't know who you are. If you don't have an identity, what are you chasing? You're you're trying to be like someone else. You're trying to live like someone else, even in happiness. You know, it's not easy for everyone to love the way I love. What is love? Love love isn't the feeling. Love is looking at every individual, 
considering operating and thinking the best of that individual, even if you don't benefit from it. That's true love. It, the personality of that true love looks different. Well, I think that's just as much of a gift as someone who has an analytical gift. You see what I'm saying? The person who operates in that analytical gift in an area, they're going to look just as dynamic to someone else, and they're going to get just as much of fulfillment if they're willing to operate in that space as opposed to trying to be like somebody else. Right. And I mean, I think having that identity is important. Understanding who are you? What are your values? What is important to you? What do you want to do? How do you want to serve? Others, all of that, people talk about gaining clarity, right? Getting clarity in your life, what goals you have. But before you can set the goals, it's about understanding who you are. And in my more recent book that released last year called Dominate the Game, there's a chapter in there called What Color Is Your Jersey? And it's kind of a spinoff of that book, What Color Is Your Parachute? I was like, oh, I like that. So I tweaked it for this one chapter to talk about since the book uses a lot of sports references as you suit up and put on the jersey what is that jersey that you're wearing and so it's about finding yourself and that identity and then you can determine what game it is you're playing and then have ownership over that game so the identity piece is so important the other thing this is a separate but important point that you made me think about as you were talking about identity and the journey I remember watching this was a number of years ago it was a video very popular went viral video about this young man who was a high school valedictorian and he talked about how it's all he wanted was to be this high school valedictorian and he worked his tail off to get the grades and you know to be able to be on that stage giving this speech and then he said that felt great to have achieved that milestone for about 15 seconds or something like that I don't remember the exact number the lesson that he learned he said was at what sacrifices to get that 15 seconds of satisfaction relationships. He was always studying. He was always focused on trying to get to these grades. Grades are important. Don't get me wrong. I'm a very big proponent on education. Seven degrees. Yes, I am focused on education. But we spent all this time trying to achieve this objective at the expense of relationships with his peers. And what he learned was as he is going into adulthood, that 15 seconds of satisfaction from that success, that thing was great, but there were so many things he missed out on because of that when he was in high school. So he learned that as you're continuing on in life, make sure that when you're the things you're chasing, you're not compromising or you're going to regret things that you didn't spend time on because you were trying to chase that thing. Yeah. And again, first of all, I have to read the book, that second book for sure. I like, well, both of them, but you're totally right. Great example of him not being in tune with his identity, not even having a thought of his identity. Be the valedictorian because you want to be a medical doctor. So one has to flow within the other. Why do you want to be a medical doctor? I want to be a medical doctor because I really have the heart to help and serve people, right? Which means, homie, if your identity is in helping and serving people, then the tool that you're going to use is going to be the medical profession, which means you have to learn to interact with people. Now you're not in the medical business. You're in the people business. Does that make sense? Yes. You're in the people business through the medical profession. Somebody else is in the medical profession. They just happen to serve people because that's what their identity is. So in that journey, identity is first. Who am I? 
Who am I created to be? What fulfills me? What makes me happy? What what drives me? You see what I'm saying? What do I like when I'm interacting with other people? It's deep to say what message do I want them to come across? And that's legit. That's fine. But what do I want the other person to leave with? Just like you said, what does my jersey say about me? When someone looks at my jersey every day, I want them to think about that. My the back, the name on that back of the jersey should almost be like that's my identity. And someone could articulate that by every time. And Jim, no, the guy, his jersey, maroon, orange. You know the guy. You know what I'm saying? So that that is, I think that's dope. I love that. I love that perspective. What's your jersey? Thank you. And I think it's so important because many people don't think about. That and you know, my books are really about how do you connect with people through sports. So not everybody is gonna like that jersey concept, but the people that are listening to the show are part of this move the ball movement who hopefully appreciate sports analogies to connect. And so that's why I really like that it's something you can visualize. Like when I put on that jersey, what does that represent? Who am I? What team am I playing for? What am I looking to do? And so I think it's a great way for people just to think about getting clear on who it is that they are and what they stand for and what's important to them. And it's fair for other people to expect that out of you because of the jersey. You can expect that. You can fight for, I told a bunch of kids today in the detention center, in the jail, I said, take responsibility for your identity. I did. I said, who do you want people? You can't blame it on your mama. I can't change your mama. You can't blame it on grandpa, grand, all of these atrocities that I'm sure you've been through that led you to believe that you had a right to do whatever you did to get in here. I said, now, how many of you are satisfied with this consequence of being locked up? Because I ain't satisfied with even being in here. I'm just here to love you. I don't want to be locked up either. I'm locked up for the hour that I'm spending my time with you. But but if you were operating in your true identity, then you would have probably never have made the choices and decisions or the probability would have been minimal, at least minimized to make the choices and decisions that you would have made to be in here. And I say, when it comes to me, I said, I'm a love, truth, and justice dude. I'll put my love, truth, and justice in the middle all day. People can talk whatever trash they want. They can make it up. They can try to defy things. Okay, cool. Put yours in the middle. I'll put mine in the middle. And let's see. Because that's my identity. Perfect. Explain, girl, please. Not even close. But (laughs) the intent is going to be pretty similar. I always tell people, if you're patient enough, someone will always show you who they are because most people can't hold scene. Jen, what's hold scene? You know, in the movie business, when they say cut, people are supposed to actually stop, right? Called hold scene. Well, hold scene is actually so you can have more film to do more editing and stuff with. But the bottom line is, is that the scene isn't actually over when they say cut. The scene is over and you're out of character after it's done. Well, most people can't hold scene. They're going to give you who they think you want them to be until there's a time, if there's pressure, that they're going to show you exactly who they are. That's your jersey. That's your book. That's the person I want to see. That's the person I get a chance to make a choice and decision as to where the relationship lies and the effort and intent that I can put in that relationship or whatever. I like that. 
So let's talk about a jersey that you have been wearing for a while. You suited up with an Ohio State Buckeyes jersey for a number of years during your college career. What was it like playing for the Ohio State University? How was that experience? (laughs) A very enlightening (laughs) experience. I learned so much. So I'll say this. I was the top defensive lineman in the country from Youngstown, Ohio, which is known for mob murder and football. And I was the football guy. I wasn't an unwilling participant, but you had some guys that I played football with that they were using that as a way out. I wasn't, I was just athletic. So my athletic career in high school was pretty casual, which led to my college career in the beginning years to be casual. Part of it is because I didn't understand what I was getting into. But if you think about it, Jen, there's two instances. Let's just talk about two instances in the American construct where young kids are thrust into adult environments. The first one is prison. You could be literally 17, 18, even 19 years old. You're you're still a kid. And you're thrust with grown adults responsible for that atmosphere. Well, college is very similar. We go from taking our kids, not mine yet, but our kids are in our house. There are kids. And we take them and we open the door, you know, we take them to their room and then we speed off. I'll turn that room into a recording studio or a weightlifting room. <laughs> and our kids are actually in adult situations expected to, to operate in that space. Well, I was the epitome of that kid. You know what I'm saying? I can't say that I was totally prepared for the truth of the expectation. So my first couple of years were pretty tough. Not to mention that I actually tore my, my knee up. Well, my knee was actually tore before I got there. I was having a pretty successful freshman campaign and during camp, except for my knee kept blowing out. Not understanding why my knee kept blowing out, you know, after I got an MRI, I found out that I had an ACL tear that I didn't even know about. So I ended up having surgery, didn't heal appropriately. So ended up going back to a university that saw me as an asset and realized that in their mind, they operated with me like I was a liability. So I went through about three years of some pretty intense physical, mental, and emotional abuse from them same people who sat in my living room and uh, told me they would have my back when things were good and things were bad. I told my parents the same thing. So I learned one of the most valuable lessons that if, if we're going to live all the dreams and incredible things that we believe we were created for, that we were going to all have to trust and believe in the most important people. And that's by looking in the mirror and understanding that us as individuals are the most important people in each of our lives because we're the only ones that can make those choices and decisions. I don't live a victim mentality. I don't live a cultural victim mentality. I don't live an ethnic victim mentality. I don't live a regional victim mentality, a global victim mentality. (laughs) I don't live an economic victim mentality. I don't live any any level of victim mentality because I know when it comes down to it, God created me with courage to do what's seemingly impossible to do the right thing. He created me an individual, a powerful, strong individual. So I know that I don't solve problems like anyone else. I don't look at things like anyone else. My gifts are not like anyone else. My identity is not like anyone else. And if I have the courage to put my identity 
onto opportunities that I choose that are presented to me by the universe, then that's how I'm fulfilled. As well as I get the opportunity to be successful. One thing that my experience at Ohio State taught me is that it put me in probably one of the most safe positions to understand that we all have a system for success. There is a system for success. Most of us don't get an opportunity to engage in it at, at an intense, safe level like scholarship athletics. But in scholarship athletics, if we're paying attention, we are giving the blueprint, the habits, the formula to literally engage in a successful campaign in whatever we choose. I had a lady today, she was a counselor, God bless her heart. And she asked me a question. She asked a question to engage the kids that were in this detention center. You get a lot of kids that want to play athletics. That's what, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Well, at certain levels, that's all you kind of know, right? That's what you're looking at the TV. And she wanted me to teach the kids about the lack of opportunity in athletics. I said, baby, I'm like, I can't do that. And she looked at me and was like, well, why? Because the, the, the statistics are there. I said, baby, it's not my responsibility to temper anyone's dream. I don't care if it's a five foot, 300 pound kid. If he says he believes he wants to play professional football, you know what I'm going to say? Hey, homie, go after it like your life depends on. Now, what I'm also going to say is understand in your journey, you're learning the system and habits of success. So, homie, understand football is never your final destination. What's going to stick with you through your life is understanding what the particular system for success is. So now if football doesn't physically work out, now you know you have the same system for success. You can put it on top of being a real estate agent. Or you can take that system for success and you can put it on top of being an educator or a philanthropist or a podcaster, right? Or a social media influencer or whatever opportunity that you choose. And I told her, and I said, be safe, not for you to fret where they're going to end up based upon their dream. That's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is help them identify the points of emphasis in their system for success. If they articulate to you that they have a dream, that's incredible. You know why? Because now you have something to work with. Most individuals and kids, they come to you from a mentor perspective or a life coaching perspective, and they ain't giving you nothing to work with. If someone tells me that they want to be an athlete or they want to be a business person, oh, let's do it. You have to do this, this, and this first. You know what's going to dictate how serious they are? If they do this, this, and this, <laughs> right? And sadly, most people aren't going to do this, this, and this, because the thought and the talking about what you want to do and where you be sometimes is a little bit more powerful than you actually putting in the action to make those things happen. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. And I like that you bring that up because one, you don't want to discourage somebody from their dreams, but the bigger part, which I really like is as they are in pursuit of that dream, whether or not that outcome actually happens, 
It may or may not, but they are learning the tools, the foundation, the fundamentals that when you take those same core things and apply them in any situation, you're going to achieve far greater than if you didn't have that system in place. And so maybe in this case with this young man, maybe he doesn't end up getting to the NFL, but through football, he's learning all of these tools and this framework and these systems to be able to be successful at whatever life is going to take him throughout his career. Yeah. Think about it. You've seen it. And I know you've seen it. You've seen athletes, successful athletes. I'm talking dogs and dogettes, right? That are in like, you're like, man, I know when you're done playing, you're going to have it going on. And they're done playing and they ain't doing nothing. Right. (laughs) Not only are they not doing nothing, they're like almost like they're lost. You know, some people that come from the realm they get a little soulless in their eyes because they thought their identity was in the success of that sport. So they don't have, they didn't pay attention to the system of success that actually got them to the top of their sport. Because that's the same system of success that you're going to use to be incredible in what other spaces that you choose to occupy after you're playing sports or even during your playing sports years. But we've seen it. We've seen where I, I mentor guys now. I life coach guys now. And they think they got it. And it's like, Jim, I need some help. I don't understand why I'm not getting it. I don't understand why I'm stagnant. I don't understand why I'm not happy. Why am I so depressed? I was the best guy on my college team. I was the most incredible dude in football. I, when it comes to my journey, I reached the pinnacle of what I thought me and my family even needed. Why can't I feel fulfilled? Well, it's because you didn't pay attention. It was more than just the activity. I tell people all the time, hard work doesn't always pay off. Maybe that's just kind of like if a coach tells me, Jimmy, I need you to run 100 yards fast as you can. Well, you know what? I can actually stand in place and run the equivalent of 100 yards. Right? <laughs> I can even stand in place and run the equivalent of 100 yards really fast. But if I'm not moving in the direction that's going to get me to to where I'm supposed to be. I'm just running in place. And you have a lot of people that are working. They like they they got a lot of motion, baby. They are moving hard. They are flowing hard. They are going hard, and they think they deserve a reward just because they sweat and they weave out. You don't get a reward just for sweating your weave out. You get a reward for putting everything into the exactness in the acuteness, in the accuracy of the movement that you're supposed to be in. Hard work doesn't always pay off. Accurate hard work pays off. Yes. And I like that you mentioned that because too often people confuse the fact that they are being busy with forward motion, with progress. And it's not just about being busy and filling your calendar every single day with activities. It's about the right activities, being efficient and productive with that time, not just being busy and on the move, on the move, but not going in the right direction does not get you there for them. Right. You're just going in circles or yeah. Some of y'all need to sit on the couch. Some of y'all need to go ahead and take a nap, chill out. 
<laughs> Some of y'all are so tired that you're losing the most of people in your life because you're so miserable that you're not engaging appropriately with the people that's in your life to help you get to where you need to be because you think that you have to be Muno to even be successful. Right. And there's actually, you made me think about, there's a chapter in my book, in the latest book called Call the Time Out. And so it's about there are times in life where you do need to take a time out for a number of reasons. One, you might be just busy, 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 and your body needs to reset and recharge. And that's great. You need to do that. Another thing is sometimes you are just being busy, but not being productive. So you need to take the time out to reset and refocus and replan and think about what is it that I am doing on a daily, weekly, monthly basis? Are these the right things? And if not, then clear everything from the calendar and figure out what are the things that I do need to be working on to get me in the direction that I want to go, not just to be spinning wheels and appearing that I'm busy and that I'm productive. And that's the beauty, right? God created us. The creator created us with a high level of creativity. So in my system, I don't say what's your goal, right? Because people are too casual with that conversation. So I say, what's your final destination? Of all things were equal, where do you want to be? It could be where you want drop car you want to drive, how much money you want to save or whatever. But where's your final destination? Then we go into accurately evaluating yourself. So we dig into the good, the bad, and ugly, the journey that I call it the steeplechase of your life. So we go into the hurdles, we go into the obstacles, we go into how you handle them with the good stuff, the bad stuff, all of that. So nothing is a surprise. And then you have to choose the system that you want to engage into to get to that final destination. You have a lot of people working at Wendy's that say, I want a bit.ly well, that's not an accurate goal, right? That's why we don't say that. Your, your final destination could be a Bentley, but then you have to find out how to get yourself into a system that's going to produce Bentley results. There's nothing wrong with having a Bentley. It's not honest to say I want a Bentley at Wendy's. There's a Wendy's destination, which is probably a Honda Accord or something like that, right? Which is nothing wrong with the Honda Accord, right? The Ford Fusion, there's nothing wrong with that. And then your goals are simply markers in the journey. The goals are going to let me know, am I moving in the right direction? Check it out. The goals aren't going to change according to the system. The, the system is going to tell you what the doggone goals are, right? If you want to be a wide receiver, you got to run this or this. If you want to be an offensive lineman, you got to bench press this. If you want to be a quarterback, you have to be this level of accurate and you got to have this level of on strength. Those are goals. But check it out. When you find out when you're not hitting those goals, then maybe you need to switch your destination. And that's fine. The part of the next thing is the creatively planning. And that's the beauty. The beauty is, is that when you're going through your journey, you can creatively make adjustments. You can creatively make these adjustments according to who you said you wanted to be, where you said you wanted to be. Then you can come and be like, oh, you know what? I thought, let me switch my destination, which means now my goals will change because my destination changed. Or maybe I need to come up with a different creative plan to actually hit those goals because I do still believe in that destination. Or maybe my system needs to adjust based upon what the destination is and the goals that I say I want to hit. But my biggest point is, is that we're designed to use our brains to adjust. 
I did a seminar with business professionals in the middle, actually in the middle of COVID. And I said, some of you put most of your effort into holding on to the business. I said, I was doing consulting work and as many businesses that was closing during COVID, guess what? Just as many businesses were opening up. You know what I'm saying? So everybody didn't have the same experiences. Well, I think what happened with some people is that they put their trust in the business instead of putting their trust in their identity, which got them there, which put them in their system of success, which got them there, and also would put them in their creativity, which got them there. So it would have been probably profitable for a lot of these businesses to shut it down and have confidence that you have all of those gifts to start another business that's going to be just as profitable and dynamic, maybe even more so. But you sunk because you were holding on to something that actually had a whole lot not to do with you. That business was not your identity. How you got that business was your identity. But that comes with engaging in your creativity. A lot of us, man, we engage in one path. And if that path doesn't work, we're, we're done. We give up. We're done. There can't be no other way. It has to happen this way. And that's actually just pretty tough to see people go through that. Yeah. And I mean, those are things that I talk about in both books, by the way, about how you have to adjust and adapt and pivot. And I mean, even for me, my listeners know, I mean, I was Fortune 50 executive career climbing the corporate ladder after my dad passed away very unexpectedly, kind of went in a different direction, decided to go focus on this move the ball movement full time. And I left my corporate job in November 2019 right before COVID. I had a vision. I had a dream of what it was I was going to do. When COVID hit, what I was looking to do, which was do business consulting and host leadership development and training workshops in companies was pretty much non-existent in March, 2020, because the world was trying to figure out how to survive, how to operate, how to keep employees safe. Not about how do I develop leaders? How do I grow my business? No, like everything I was going to offer out the window. So I had to pivot because I'm like, oh, this ain't going to work. <laughs> so I didn't. I went in a different direction and I ended up working a lot with uh, corporate professionals on how do you package your brand to be able to get those jobs that you are looking to achieve. Most of the people I worked with were senior level people, director, VP, C-suite. But that business was great because there were a lot of people that were looking at, what am I going to do? Is my job in jeopardy? Should I be thinking about something different? And so for me, I mean, it was a great way to serve customers, make a difference, help people to move the ball. But I also recognized the market environment had changed. And so the service offering that I had once planned on doing was no longer the right thing because the market did not command that type of service. So I pivoted. And so COVID 2020 was a great year for me. But it was, again, recognizing that the dynamics have changed. And so it's about shifting your business to be able to cater to what the market is looking for. I think that's incredible. And that's how it works. You know what's so awesome with it? You didn't stop. You didn't stop and go back. You know what I'm saying? You didn't try to pick up back where you left off. Let me go back because no. You, you stayed on the path and then you creatively made an adjustment based upon the direction that you were trying to go in. And that's what hinders a lot of people. That's even in athletics. In high school, you have maybe 60 plays. You have 12 games. 
as a defensive lineman, if I get one sack every game, that's 12 sacks. I'm an All-America somewhere. Everybody's looking at me to see who the heck is Jimmy Bell. He had 12 sacks up in here. He's a baller, right? Well, that's only one play. You got, okay, what was happening in the other 60-something plays? I'm trying to figure that thing out, <laughs> right? I'm battling. I'm coming up with creative ways to compete. I'm trying to stay consistent. I'm trying to believe in the destination individually and as a team. I'm not giving up just because the destination doesn't look like what I think the destination was supposed to look like. Just because the journey doesn't look as clear, doesn't look as, as bright, doesn't look as colorful or engaging as I thought it should be, I continue to move forward. I continue to be consistent. I continue to make adjustment in, in that space. With, that's how life is. That's why I told people, life is a steeplechase, right? The true analogy of life is a steeplechase because you choose to engage in a long run, which is generally three to 4,000 meters. Within that race, you have four hurdles that you have to jump over. They're in the race. They don't just show up out of nowhere. They're there. You know that there's going to be obstacles before you, I mean, those hurdles before you get there. And then in each lap, you know that you have a major obstacle that's going to show up and you got to jump in, right? You got to jump over. You got to find a way to get over. Then when you do find a way to get over, it feels like you're going to fall again because you fall down into three feet of water. You have the courage to get out of that water. And then you find out that the rest of the race is actually even harder because your feet are waterlogged with two feet, two more pounds filling of, of weight in each foot because of the water. And then you have to do that four to five more times. The key is with the steeplechase, you just got to finish the race. Get over the hurdles, get over every lap. That's life. Life isn't the hunt, but it's also not a marathon. There's no hurdles in marathon. Just a smooth road. That is true. That is true. It's a smooth road. And that's what you did. You had hurdles, hurdles. Your dad passed away, major obstacle. Did you stop? No. You probably got over that obstacle and then you probably fell again. You got your tail up and as you was getting up, it probably you figured out, man, it's, it's not going to be as easy as I thought, but that's fine. That's not going to stop me from continuing to run my laps and jump over those hurdles. Correct. Yep. And we were missed to believe that your dad was the only major obstacle that you had in your 4,000 meter race. It's not. No. Nope. Probably some other op major obstacles, not hurdles, major obstacles that we can speak of. Oh, yes. I got lots of stories that will happen for another day. And you still finish the race. Yes. So, Jimmy, what I want to do now is I want to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have some fun. We'll be right back. Hey, have you moved the ball in your own life today? If you're working toward your dream job, a new personal record, or a bigger salary, you need a plan to consistently make progress. That's why I wrote Move the Ball and Dominate the Game. These books are packed with strategy and easy to implement tips on gaining clarity of your goals, developing your own personalized playbook for success, pushing your boundaries of comfortability, and really elevating and dominating. Go to www.dominateandmove.com and enter code DOMINATE2023 for a 20% discount on the bundle. And all books are signed copies as well. Now, let's get back to the show. 
All right, we are back and we are going to get into some fun questions as part of my two-minute drill. Are you ready, Jimmy? Holla. All right, first question is, what three words would you use to describe yourself? Loving, fun, and intense. Great three words. It's probably a couple. Those are three, though. Those, <laughs> those are accurate. Yes, sir. Next question is, what is one thing that most people don't know about you? I have a higher level of anxiety. Literally, I'm an introvert. <laughs> no one believes. Oh, okay. Would not have seen that. Would you rather be the world champion of your sport or the CEO of a billion-dollar company, and why? The CEO. The CEO with within my gift of love. I think it creates visionary in me. It creates an understanding to put teams together, to put people together, to see direction. It also allows me to specifically encourage other people to be dynamic in themselves as an individual and for our team. So the, the individual accolades, again, believe it or not, I'm a hider. Like, I don't need to be the center of attention at all. I don't need to, you know, listen, I enjoy seeing the rewards and I do believe to the victors or the spoils, but I would much rather operate in a team environment than to do things on my own. Next question is what book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to? Okay, both. I'm going to give you the podcast is Yaki Awaking. Yaki is a herbalist and a fruitivore, super dope podcast. The book that I'm reading right now is Black Titan and the story of A.G. Gaston. If you could have any song played at all of your public appearances, what would that one song be? Probably Jay-Z has a song that says, what more can I say? I love that song and I love that hook. Because, because I, listen, I'm an empowerment dude. Next question is, what would your next career move be if you were guaranteed to succeed? That's a great question. I know this sounds crazy. I'm going to be some type of leader in a resourceful, abundant island and or destination that would probably create an alternative ideology as well as an alternative race and ethnicity based upon universal truth, love, and justice, where everyone literally comes together with their gift to build something as powerful as Voltron. I remember Voltron had yep. the five different cats, all different, different colors, but they came together. And when they came together, there was no stopping that thing that they put in motion. Love it. Next question. You have 24 hours and a private plane that will take you anywhere. Where are you going? I'm going to say, I'm going to keep it simple. I'm going to probably go to Puerto Rico. Okay, perfect. The bonus question is M&M's, plane or peanut? Come on, girl. Peanuts, girl. That's plane. right. Plane is like ripping your, your in hard sugar, girl. Give me some peanuts. <laughs> There you go. Well, Jimmy, thanks so much for being on the show today. I really enjoyed our conversation. You have dropped such great wisdom. Let people know where are you at on social media. Jenny Jen and everyone else, you guys have been amazing and fantastic. You guys can find me on social media, Facebook, simply Jimmy Bell, J-I-M-M-I-E, because I don't know that Y guy. Jimmy Bell Empowers, Jimmy Bell Speaker. You can also find me on uh, Instagram. Jimmy Bell Empowers. You could also find me on Twitter on the Know It Alls, the T H E K N O W A L L S. Perfect. We will have all of those links in our show notes so people can follow you. And thank you again, Jimmy, for being on today's show. 
No doubt. You guys were fantastic. And thanks to everyone for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, I hope you will share the show with some colleagues, coworkers, friends, family. It's one way that you can help me to move the ball. Also, you know, I'm going to say this. If you haven't already done so, make sure you follow the podcast on whatever platform you are listening to the show on. And there's such great episodes coming up. So you will always be in the know if you hit that follow button. All right. Thanks again for joining and we will catch you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up and you move the ball. Thanks for listening to Move the Ball, everybody. If you were inspired by this episode, can you do me a favor and let me know? Go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review and also share the show with a few friends too. Next, I want you to go to getinsidethehuddle.com and join our email list. This will give you priority access to tips and strategies that will help you get more done today. Not tomorrow, not next week, today. You got that? Okay, until next time.